0: I want to talk to you today on one word. I want to speak today on the word unstoppable. I want to talk about unstoppable. And it looks like that we're on a train track here. We are on tracks. We're on the right path. But it's not a runaway train, but it is a train. It is a it is a church that is unstoppable. So I want to talk to you about that today and I want you to shake somebody's hand and say I want to help the pastor. And you may be seated in the name of the Lord. I trust I don't bore you too bad on this first Sunday. I wear on my wrist a band that I received last February. It is a band that I received at a convention, at a conference. It was Team Church 2014. I wear it and I told God I would wear it until it broke. They usually break in about six months. Because I pull them off and put them on when I shower, when I, when I bathe, and, and, and so I don't wear it then. But I still have this bracelet, and it simply says, hashtag, there is more. There is more. And every time that I have preached in this pulpit since February of last year, I have worn this thing, and people say, well, he's wearing yellow with blue today. He's wearing yellow with black today and he's wearing yellow with tan today and it's, it's not the fact that I'm wearing this as a decorative item but when I preach and when I look down and I see that slogan when I see that phrase there is more it puts something in me to let me know that God is not finished with anybody in this house yet Amen Everybody say there is more I want to talk a little bit about vision of CLC and what God has for us, I believe, in 2015. God wants this vision that we have to be an unstoppable vision. We will look at what God has called us to do and what God has called this church to be and what unique role that each of us and every one of us play in what God is asking us to do in this hour. I want to point to the future Not focus on the past. Although, I like to say a few things here that we've had. And I think we ought to leave 2014 with a hand clap of appreciation for the blessing of God. And for the favor of God that he has given us in 2014. We're not applauding for the bad times. But we also need to praise him in everything. Because God deserves our praise in everything. But what we need is truly an unstoppable vision. Please understand this. This vision and this thing that I'm preaching unstoppable is not because of a dream, not because of a scheme, or not because of a theme. It is unstoppable vision because this is God's church. And he said about his church upon this rock, I will build my church, not yours, but my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This church is in a saved posture. This church is going to go home to be with Jesus someday. The church is God's answer to the sin question in this world. And people are praying and asking God in his word, God, what do you want for this church? What do you want us to be? What are you calling us to be in this world? I'll never forget when almost 25 years ago this year, As a young man, I got up and left a church of over a thousand people on Sunday. A church in a town of about 15,000. It was the church in that city. And I got up and I told them that I would not no longer be pastor of that congregation. That I was going to a church in Austin, Texas. And so they just thought, they said, well, do you have pictures? And do you have the, the, the numbers of people that you're going to take? I said, no, I don't have a picture. I don't know. I, how many people are there? And I told them it wasn't a whole lot of people. And they, they absolutely came to me one by one because they were very dignified and business people. And they, they had an acumen that was above normal. And, and so they came to me and said, oh, "Are you lost your mind, young man? Do you know what you're doing? Do you really know what you're doing? You're walking away from one of the greatest situations you could ever be a part of. And yes, it's true, I did. I walked away from it. But I came to Austin, Texas for one reason, because I knew that there was a lot of people, a lot of souls that needed to find Jesus Christ. And I knew there was a lot of people and it wouldn't just be rebounds and returns, but it would be people that would continually walk in the church of the living God. And if you're one of those people today, I am here because of one reason. I knew time was short and time is short and that's all that really matters. We have got to work while it is day. For the night cometh when no man can work. And so every Sunday since 1990 until 2015, I have been preaching or been standing in this pulpit many, many Sundays a year. And I have preached the same thing that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he's here again today, reaching out to people saying, this is your year. This is your time. This is your moment to turn your life toward me. And there's a pastor and there's a church in South Austin that still preaches that I save people and I can heal people and I can deliver people. That's the Christ that we serve here today. Amen. Amen. So the church mission is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And we need to see the mission as doing everything short of sin, pardon me for saying it, to see people come to Jesus for the purpose of seeing a person give of their time and their talent and their treasure for the very first time and to give it in joy and expectancy. Is God really going to bless, Pastor? Everybody say yes. Yes. What's he going to do? Well, we don't really understand the ways of God many times, but the church's mission is seeing lives changed. The church's mission is to see marriages put back together. The church's mission is to see people walk away from addictions and habits. The church's mission is seeing people give their lives to Christ completely. Patty and I, and I will promise, I will, I will speak for my wife and myself, have given ourselves to this mission in Austin totally. Will you follow the mission that God has given us in 2014? Will you give your life to the mission? All of you, everything Jesus did, he gave his life. In fact, in Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and 35, the Bible said, Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and he said, this is tough reading, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The cross was a favorable form of punishment back under the Roman rule in Jesus' day. And the executioner, many times as they did to Jesus when a man was found guilty of a crime, they would strap a cross to his back and they would make that guilty person walk through the streets of the city and everybody could hiss at him and spit on him. And accuse Him and call Him anything they wanted to call Him. And He is asking us to do that in this hour. He's asking us to take up our own cross. No, not because we're guilty of something, but because we've been pardoned of our sins. Amen. He said, I want you to take up your cross. Deny yourself. Take up your cross into our cities and take Christ into the community and take Christ into your work and take Christ into your homes and take Christ into your boardrooms and take Christ into... your offices and take christ on your dates hello and take christ into your living room and take christ into your music that we listen to and take christ into when you're watching television even that we would not be partial devoted followers of christ but that we would take christ with us every single place that we go and so what jesus is saying to us in 2015 He said, step up he still uses words like sacrifice The church in the book of Acts, I love it, the very first church started was much larger in one day than this church is. They had 3,000 receive the Spirit on the first day and 5,000 later were added. And the people in that first church raised the bar. They said, we're going to be fully devoted followers of Christ. We're going to be obedient even when it's uncomfortable. And we're going to follow Jesus wherever he's asking us to go. Please bear with me. God can move in our midst just like he did in the book of Acts chapter 2. He really can. But they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and everyone in that church was filled with awe. All, not just 30, not just the front rows, not just a few here and there, but everybody was filled with awe. It means that whenever they came together, there was a divine expectation of what God was going to do and how God was going to move and how God was going to change lives in their hearts and and their minds. He's going to change this person's life. And there was an expectation when they walked in the doors that God was going to move and move miraculously. And because of that, Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles because all the believers were together. Together. Everybody say together. Why don't you put your arm inside your neighbor's arm Just like this Just kind of let's get together right now Come on just, just make a chain across this place While we're sitting down They were together They had everything in common Hold on to that place right now They sold all their possessions and goods They gave the people that, what they had need of And they gathered daily in the temple courts Not an experience every three weeks Not an experience twice a month Not coming to church when they wanted to But they broke bread in homes And they ate together and with glad and sincere hearts And the Lord added to their numbers daily Those who should be saved Why don't you just hold on to that arm right now And say come on let's get together In 2015 And see what God will do for us In our church, in our house, in this place Clap your hands real good now Amen Amen It was a church It was a church that didn't sleep People were coming to Christ every single day All day long It was a movement that the Spirit of God went through their church and they went beyond partial commitment. They went beyond their own comfortable lifestyles and the way they did life. And they said, God, use us. We will do whatever it is that you have asked us to do. And here's what you see in the book of Acts chapter 2. God used this church to absolutely change and transform their community. He changed and transformed their community because they realized that church was more than a building. It's a community of people and they have to be committed people. They have to be committed people. Everybody say church is more than this building. It's a group of people. It's a community of people and it is committed people. Say committed people. Why don't you clap your hands and say I want to be one of those in 2015. I want to be committed. I want to be committed. So right now, there's three things I want to preach to this congregation today. Right now. I want to tell you three things. I have a vision for a church. I have a vision for a church where number one, and this is just my personality. I'm sorry if you don't share this personality, you need to get some of mine. But I want to have a church where everyone is welcome. I happen to be the kind of person that it's hard for me to dislike anybody. And if I dislike, if I hardly dislike anybody, how much do you think God loves everybody? Jesus Christ loves everybody. And I believe with all my heart, we need to open up our minds again and our spirits again and say, everybody is welcome in the house of the Lord. If they're not welcome here, where are they going to be welcome? Can you help me right now? Everybody. The Bible said in Revelation 22, the spirit and the bride say come. Let him who hears say come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Here's what I want to know is that, want you to know is that Jesus stands before you today. Not me, but him. And he's saying, you're welcome here. It doesn't matter how bad you're hurt. It doesn't matter how bad your pain is. It doesn't matter what you're going through in this life. There is a place in South Austin called Christian Life Church where you are still welcome. You're still welcome. You're still welcome. I have a man that came to this church several months ago. That on Wednesday nights he sets up in the balcony still yet. And he came to me one of the first times he ever walked in this church and he said, Pastor, listen, man, I'm a Muslim. And he said, I don't really believe all that stuff you preach. He just told me. He said, it's kind of like Swiss cheese. It's got a lot of holes in it. And I said, yeah, but Swiss cheese sure, sure tastes good on a ham sandwich, doesn't it? He said, yeah, it does. Good comeback. But he said, I enjoy coming and listening to you preach. Am I welcome here? Are you welcome here? Yes, sir. Because one day, sir, you're going to meet Jesus. And you're going to find out that he's greater than Allah. And you're going to find out that he's more powerful than the prophet Muhammad. And you're going to discover that nobody can bless you like Jesus can. You hear me? Everybody is welcome. Everybody is welcome. Amen. There was another guy struggling with an addiction with crack cocaine and he's come to me several times with tears in his eyes and he said sir i don't think i can come here i don't feel worthy my life is a mess and i looked at him and i hugged his neck and i said you're welcome and we love you and you're going to love this place and don't look around today but he's sitting in this house right now because somebody said you're welcome here you're welcome in this house I want a church that has so much of the love of God that everybody feels welcome in this house. A guy came to me one time and found me in my office. He said, Pastor, I don't know what to think about this God stuff. I've never been a religious man. But I'm involved in a big time drug ring. He said it to me out of Mexico and my life's in danger. And he said, sir, I just need some prayer. And I prayed for him and God delivered him that night in my office. And he came to this church for a long time. He since moved away. But he said, church is like a solace to me. I feel such peace when I am here. I promise not to bother anybody. But if I could just come and feel the Lord, it would mean everything to me. You hear me when I preach to you right now. It doesn't matter if you come from another religion. It doesn't matter if you come from another background. It doesn't matter if you come with crack cocaine habits or alcoholism racking your body. It doesn't matter what you come in here with. Come on with your chains. God can help you with your chains. Because this is the place where everybody is welcome. Everybody's welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome with your doubts. You're welcome with your questions. You're welcome with your fears. You're welcome with your poor decisions. You're welcome with your pain. You're welcome with your hurts. You're welcome with your addiction. You're welcome. You're welcome with your clothes. Here's a dress code. Just cover something up, okay? And come on. Let's have church around here. Let's open up our hearts. Welcome with your hurt, your pain, your agnosticism. Welcome with your mullets. Welcome with your faux hawks. You're still wearing one. Welcome, even sooner fans are welcome here. Can you believe that? Now, God is saying, I can get wrapped up in that. Because when a church opens the doors and says, you're welcome, God can fix anything. I will walk in that church and I will be the God of that congregation. Can somebody get excited with me today? Welcome. Welcome. I'm sorry I'm preaching so passionate today. Come back next week and I'll be worse. Here's what I want to tell you. It's time to keep being the church. Not just doing church. Church. Time to keep being the church. This church worked when you found it. This church worked when I found it. And this church is still going to work so other people can find it. Come on now. This is God's church. This is not ours. It's His. Let's let God do what God wants to do in His church. Clap your hands all over this house. Amen. So here's the role that you all should play. 2015 vision i need you to welcome people i need you to welcome people in the community i need you to welcome your friends and your family people that don't know jesus christ people that don't have a church home people that are hurting i need you to welcome them i need you to bring them this month i need you to write down three names and put it on your refrigerator I need you to bring these people to church this month. Why do you ask? Why, why do I ask you to do that? Not because I want you to say, look, God, look at all the numbers, look at all the people, but because people are hurting and lives need to be changed. And we'll be the campus that welcomes people. We will welcome people. We will bring them in. We will see God move. We'll see Him work. And we'll see God absolutely change and transform this community. So say it with me. We have a vision for a church where everyone can walk in our door. They're welcome. Come on, clap your hands to that right now. Clap your hands to that right now. The second thing I want to tell you is that we also have a vision for a church where everyone is needed. Can I preach a little bit to you today? There are different kinds of gifts, Paul said, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. God has given us all gifts and talents that are to be used for Him and to see lives change. I want you to know something. God has given every one of you a gift. Put your hand on your chest and say, God's given me a gift. Everybody say, God's given me a talent. God's given me the measure of faith. And I must use it for His glory. We have the talent to do all that needs to be done to see people of all kinds be saved in this church. This local church. God has given us to redeem and to save the world. There's a young man here today in this audience right now who wrote a text to me this week. And he showed me a building, a picture of a building. And he asked me to pray over that picture. It's a very nice, beautiful white building, a metal building. And he asked me to pray. And then at the bottom, his text said, I want to start a homeless ministry here. And I want to start bringing people to the Lord in this place that would never feel welcome in a church. And I want to say thanks, Courtney. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart because he has found a niche that he knows that Austin has a great need for. And that's people that need a place to go and a place to have some food given to them. And this man has got a heart that beats for that. I want to thank an 82-year-old lady in this church today that sends over 2,500 birthday cards every year to the members of this congregation. Thank you, Joyce. I think she ought to get a hand clap for that. I think she ought to get a hand clap for that. Amen. There are staff members. There are staff members that write letters every week to new people that visit our church. Thank you, staff. There's a couple of pastors that visit the shut-ins and the hospital patients and serve at funerals. And they're sitting in this church today. Thanks, Baines. Let's give them a hand clap today. Amen. And there is a group called Serendipity. That feeds the hungry four four times a year. Over 500 people every time. Volunteers. 300 of them every time come. Thank you church. There are homes that takes food to the hurting people. It's called wagon wheel or whatever. I don't know what it's called. Chuck wagon. Just released out of the hospital. New moms and meals on wheels. I'll get it in a minute. New moms and dads. They're forgotten. People parked you today. Brought you to church in carts. In the rain they'll do that. In the snow they'll do that. In the sleet and shine they'll do that. They're here. Thanks parking pastor team thank you so much you people that are volunteering for anything the choir the music the sunday school the kids program the youth image program you're making a difference really every single act of con- uh, of kindness all the ushers all the hostesses all the people that say welcome you're a part of the kingdom of god All oh, i'm preaching right now we need everybody everybody needs to plug in to be used of god in this hour Come on, clap your hands real big. Clap your hands real big. Every single act of kindness makes a difference. Every handshake makes a difference. Every cart ride makes a difference. Every dirty diaper changed in the nursery makes a difference. Yes, it does. The smell is so much better. Use your gift. In Corinthians, Paul said, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. They're indispensable. When God looks at CLC, he sees it like a body. He sees a family. And some of your heads and some of your hands and some of your feet and some of your knees and some of you are buttocks. As Forrest Gump would say. We all sit down sometime when we need to be working for the kingdom of God. I am I am I am I I'm, I'm really I'm really weary with people that come to church and when I don't preach good all they can say is how bad I preached. That's the only thing they're used for is to judge how bad the church was that day. Why don't you get up off of your and help us and plug into a ministry at this church? Come on, we need everybody. I see a vision where everybody's getting involved. Come on now, everybody's getting involved. I see a vision where everybody... And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and I've already have, because people that judge me, I've already hurt your feelings. But I'm sorry. I need you to help me. I need people when they come to this altar to pray. You don't have to be a prayer partner. If you believe in God, you believe God can baptize them with the Holy Spirit, I need you up here praying. When somebody needs a prayer answered, they could come to you, and you can pray with them right in the pew, right where you are. We need everybody joined in this year. Come on. We don't need people sitting back and saying, well, I'm just going to sit back here and not do anything this year, no, you're not. You're going to get up and you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God because everybody is needed. And I see a church where everybody is being a part of what God is doing this year. Come on, clap your hands to that. That's right, it's unreal what God is doing. We need everybody, it's too big for one, it's too big for two, it's too big for ten. It's too big for 20% of this church. It's unreal. God has given each and every one of you gifts. And I want to ask that before you leave this church this weekend, that you'll make a commitment to God, not necessarily up here, but in your heart, God, I want to get involved. I want to be involved in what you're doing at Christian Life Church. I want to be involved, God, with what's going on. If I need to help with the children's ministry, I need to help with the youth ministry. I need to help in the music. If I need to help with whatever, God, I want to get involved. If I need to help with senior citizens, let me get involved in senior citizens. Let me be involved in the church of the living God. Because I don't want to just do church. I want to continue being the church. Amen. Amen. God, I'm going to serve. I'm going to use my gifts that you've given me and I'm going to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Why? Because we we will be the church, and we'll have a vision for the church where every person is needed. Say it with me: Everybody, everybody. Is, needed. is needed. So everybody's welcome. Everybody's needed. And here's the one I really want to preach: I have a vision for a church where everyone is changed. Right. Yes. I really do. I really do. Say everybody, everybody. is changed. Don't say can be changed Say they are changed They are changed Romans 10 and 13 says Everyone who calls On the name of the Lord Will be saved Say it with me Everyone Not someone Not a few ones But everyone That calls On the name Of the Lord Will be saved When we come in on weekends, we all enter with baggage. You know that's true. We all enter with pain. You have your own story. You have your own hurt. You have your own addictions. You have your own secrets. What this verse is saying is that when you come in here, you can come in as you are. But if you truly call on the name of the Lord, you will leave this place changed and different and new. And you'll have a brand new fresh start. You know what, if I fell down every week, if I fell down, if I couldn't get past Thursday, if I couldn't get past Friday, I'd make sure I was in the house of God on Sunday. Because I know if I get in the house of God, God's going to change me again. I'm going to have a fresh start because U-turns are allowed in the kingdom of God. Are you with me? Nobody's gonna hold a wand against you and say, I sent it you to jail, I sent it you to prison. No, no, no. We're gonna say, I sent it you to the presence of God. God's gonna to touch your life again and again and again because God wants to make you a better vessel than you could ever imagine that you could be in your life. Say amen to that. There was a woman that came to our church in the old building. One of the reasons it made me shout because I came to Austin. She was a call girl. Her husband was a drug dealer. She worshiped Buddha. But one night, she felt the Lord in our church. She felt the Lord in about 60 people over there next door. And she received the Lord in her life radically. She was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We went out to her house and we got to do some Buddha bashing that day. She had all kinds of statues and all kinds of of relics. We took them all down. She said, I don't want to serve Buddha any longer. He can't fix what only Jesus can fix. Amen. That's what makes me understand that God can save anybody. A man received the Lord here one night many years ago right here. And when I started to leave, he was still standing there after he received the Spirit right there where Roy sits. And he said, do you have a cot, sir? And I said, a cot? He said, yes. I said, why do you want a cot? He said, I want to spend the night right here. He said, sir, I've never felt anything like I felt right here on this spot. I'd like to sleep here tonight if that's possible. I said, well, it's not possible. He said, well, do you think God will walk with me out of here? I said, yes, he's in you now. He'll walk with you out of here. And every time he came back, he would sit on that spot right there. He's gone now, but I'm promising you that he'll never forget the spot where Jesus turned his life around and where the Holy Ghost came and changed his future. Amen. Amen. I was preaching one day. I was preaching one day in this service and just a Sunday morning service. I'll never forget it. And I walked down in front here and just was preaching the gospel like I'm preaching right now. And an attorney's wife sitting right here, a very famous attorney in Austin that I buried him not long ago, a wonderful man. She was sitting right there. And when I walked past her, the Holy Spirit hit her and she received the Holy Ghost right where she was sitting and God revolutionized her life and she came for many many years to this church and she still calls it her church home even though she worships someplace else but here's what I'm telling you here's what I want to tell you right now folks that when people walk in this house we have got to believe that God can change anybody That God can change anybody. He can change a Buddha believer. He can change a person that's been agnostic in their life. He can change somebody who's been a rock and roll hall of famer in his life. He can change anybody. God 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 can change anybody. I'm preaching right now. God can change anybody. God can change anybody. Get it in your mind. There's nobody that God cannot change in their life. Amen. Amen. It's an awesome thing to know that. Let me ask you something. Did he change you? The church must never lose its passion to see people changed by the power of God. I found this poem I thought I'd read right now before I close. Let me just read it to you. A man fell into a pit and he couldn't get himself out. So a subjective person came along and said, I feel for you down there in the pit. An objective person came along and said, it's illogical that someone would fall down into the pit. A Christian scientist came along and said, you only think you're in the pit. A Pharisee said, only bad people fall in the pit. A newspaper reporter wanted to do an exclusive story on the pit. A fundamentalist said, you deserve your pit. Confucius said, if you had listened to me, you would not have been in the pit. Buddha said, a pit is only your state of mind. A realist said, that, that is a pit. The scientist calculated the pressure necessary to get out of the pit. The, ge- the geologist taught him to appreciate the rock strata in the pit. A taxman asked him if he was paying taxes on the pit. A council inspector asked him if he had a permit to dig the pit. An invasive person came and avoided the person in the, in the pit altogether. A self-pitying person said, you have not seen anything until you've seen my pit. The charismatic said, just confess you're not in the pit an optimist said things could get worse a pessimist said things will get worse Jesus sent the man, knelt down and lifted him out of the pit and I know many of you have heard that and you said oh God I've heard that but I wanted to read it again for people that hadn't heard it because I want to tell you something there's nobody can do you like Jesus can and on this first Sunday of the new year I preach Jesus in this house right now I preach Jesus in this house right now come on On the first Sunday, nobody can do you like Jesus can. Nobody can heal you like Jesus can. Nobody can save you like Jesus can. Nobody can deliver you like Jesus can. Nobody can turn your life around like Jesus can. Nobody can heal your hurts like Jesus can. Nobody can heal your discouragement like Jesus can. Nobody can do it like Jesus can. He just knows how to do it. So when you come to the presence of God, Randy, come and help me. When you come to the presence of God, you can't help but be changed. I want to read you my last scripture today. 1 Samuel 10 and 6 says simply this. The Spirit of the Lord, the uh, the prophet told Saul, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you'll be changed into a different person. Saul was out looking for his dad's lost donkeys. The last thing he thought would happen to him would be in the presence of God he couldn't find those donkeys but he found a group of men that were prophesying and ministering to one another and he walked in that group and the power of God came on him and changed him to another man here's what I want to tell you there is a church in South Austin Christian Life Church that still believes that God can change anybody he can change anybody he can change anybody he can change anybody anybody. Whatever your need is, God can change it. Whatever your problem is, God can help you with it. Whatever your need is, God can fix it. If I didn't believe this, I wouldn't be preaching the gospel today. And I wouldn't be in my 45th year preaching the gospel today. But sometime a long time ago, I discovered God can change any situation. You believe that today? God can change any situation. There are folks that have been wrestling with mental mental problems, there's folks been wrestling with spiritual problems, folks been wrestling with physical problems folks been wrestling with all kinds of things in your life but I promise you God can fix God can change anything the first thing I want you to know in this 2015 year everybody's welcome here the second thing I want you to know is everybody's needed here and the third thing I want you to know is that God can change us all God can change us all God can change us all. So, why don't we get on the track, the unstoppable vision of God, and just let God be God? And let us just be the church, not just do church. Not just come and say, Well, I got my 90 minutes in today, I got my 80 minutes in today. Well, we're going to walk out of here saying, I can be a person that God can use in 2015. Because God has given me an ability, God's given me a gift. God's given me a gift let me just talk to you just a minute let me just close this way very kindly if you squelch your gift for too long it'll make you a bitter person it'll make you a fault finding person it'll make you somebody that dwells in the negative because you're on the outside looking in and many times your greatest delight is when church is not good and not when church is good Your greatest delight is when people are not here and not when people are here. And it would be hard to fathom that that could happen to people that love God, but it has happened to people that love God. Because I have pastored people in the past that did not want the church to flourish because they were mad at the church. They were mad at God. But I'm going to tell you something. God's not mad at His church. And God can do more for us in just a moment than we could do in a lifetime. Of being glad about the church. So I want you to do something today. I want you to get glad about God's church today. On this first Sunday. I want you to turn that frown to a smile. And say you know what. I'm going to get glad. I'm going to try it one more time. I'm going to get glad about God's church today. I'm going to get happy about what God's doing today. I'm going to get thrilled about what God's showing up. And doing at Christian Life Church. I'm going to be a part of that. I want to help in Sunday school. I want to help in the music program. I want to help in the usher program. I want to help in the parking lot ministry. I want to help in some areas. I want to help in any way that I can. Anything that I can do to make this church a greater church. I want to be a part of that. I want to be that in my life. Because God wants a church fully committed. Amen. Amen. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.